Hey everybody, Dave Lindbergh in Hong Kong with another episode of THD Podcast. Today we have uh, Truly Audio joining us from the Chicago area, talking about their thin driver, perimeter-driven uh, acoustic driver technology. So we're going to find out all about that. And without delay, let's not forget the Alti Association, uh, the Audio Loudspeaker Technologies International. We encourage people to get out and join that great audio promotion and networking organization. So without delay, let's uh, get into meeting everybody. So we got Jordan Newhauser, Chief Marketing Officer from Truly, and Andy Briggs, the Senior Acoustic Engineer, joining us in addition to always from Japan, Simon Weston. So whoever wants to go first, uh, say hello and uh, introduce yourself. Great to be with you. Absolutely. Andy, you want to, Andy, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Andy Briggs. Um, I'm the acoustic engineer over here at Truly. Uh, I've been in, I've been in music for, um, oh geez, since, since in high school, I I played jazz trombone in high school, uh, playing jazz trombone through, um, college for the most part. Uh, but, but I really kind of got into, uh, electronic production, uh, in, in college, um, I worked with uh, some very small local artists um, at 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 uh, producing for them in uh, in Champaign Urbana, and then um, at University of Illinois. And then when mm-hmm. I came up here, uh, I kind of worked in manufacturing for a little bit until I came across Truly. I, I was uh, acoustic engineer uh, was was my background at school, so. Uh, finding truly and finding that they need really needed somebody like me to come in and 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 take over uh take over development uh uh really kind of pushed me in that direction so uh here i am today uh doing driver development for uh over past like three years or so i think I've, I've been here since january of 2020 um and yeah a lot of fun cool. so all right jordan Yes. Uh, thank you both for having us. Uh, this is exciting. I've, uh, I'm just going to start off by saying I've never done a podcast overseas. So this is pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but my name is Jordan Newhauser, um, chief experience and marketing officer now, uh, at truly that just recently changed. Um, my role at, at Truly is to not just understand the market and, and try to define the market as it is for Truly, but really connect the customer experience and the internal engineering experience and really bring those worlds together. So uh, it's, it's a pretty cool position that I'm in here. Uh, similar to Andy, uh, I was in that brass section, grew up playing sax, uh, and then migrated from saxophone to turntables. Um, so that was fun. Started as a DJ when I was 14 and then started a DJ company that evolved into an experience and production company. And so from owning, you know, full JBL line arrays to, you know, weekend warrior type speakers to then outfitting myself as a audiophile, uh, my life has revolved around music and the speakers that that drive that music. And so it was about six and a half years ago, uh, Len Foxman, our founder and president, uh, sodded me out and said, Hey, I want you to take a, take a look at this. And it, it really just blew me away the technology that they were working on. 
and so I had sold my previous company and now have been on this exciting journey. And uh, it's really been fun to to work with uh, a group of engineers really that are musically focused, but technically driven, right? And it's it's a really fun world to be in. So I, I appreciate y'all having us on and we're looking forward to talking about our technology. All right, great. So I guess uh, people are probably chomping at the bit to find out what Truly is all about. So without delay, let's uh, let's get into a presentation if you could share with us. All right, cool. So here's uh, better photos of Andy and I, in case y'all are wondering what we look like when we're in front of a camera. Um, <laughs> but we appreciated the introductions from earlier on. Uh, so without further ado, jumping into uh, our technology and and really our advantage and and why we're so excited to be here and and really what we're working on the biggest the biggest thing and, and most obvious thing is the space saving uh, on the right side of your screen you can see an angled view of the driver mm -hmm. so you can start to see the rear um, which is not traditional looking uh, right. you can see that there and andy will go into more detail but that's that perimeter driven so that voice coils on the perimeter with uh, some beautiful neodymium magnets and this beautiful motor it just it looks really nice and and so regardless if you're trying to mount it front facing and you want it to kind of just disappear and due to the fact that we don't have a cone uh, it really can blend nice really seamlessly uh, or for those who are more creative or want to show off their uh, acoustic design uh inverting inverting the driver is really fun so oh. just depends just depends what you're trying to do uh there's aesthetically pleasing ways to mount the driver uh there's also ways to customize uh the driver uh depending on various applications so we know that the automotive application there's a lot of advantages. The weight, the the depth, uh, whether you're going under seat or indoor. Uh, indoor is great because you have to take into consideration when the window rolls down. And so the fact that we're so shallow, um, you can put, you can get a great front stage sound like never before. Um, or you can choose to increase your low end because of the, the capabilities as a subwoofer. So uh, Andy will go into more details about the various use cases and why it, it performs well in all of them. If you're, if you're not into automotive upgrades or, or OEM systems, uh, home theater applications, small room in wall, thinking about uh, two by fours or the and the application of just being able to mount something in the existing wall and not have to worry about the depth. Uh, that's really powerful hmm. when looking at portable or installed systems. So this is really why my, my background. And when I say back, it, it pains me to say that because I did have a spinal fusion, um, big speakers kind of hit home for me. Uh, and so when, when I think about, how we could not just improve trucking and weight 
but even the individuals that have to move these speakers, uh, mm. there's a lot of uh, advantage there. Uh, marine audio, we know space is limited when when getting into boating and and it, it's noisy when on a boat. And so when thinking about how we're able to combat that, there's really cool uh, advantages to our technology there. Museums, house of worship, or architecturally designed homes, like really th those specialty, uh, really cared for applications where you need something that's quality, not just loud, but you need it to be quality, just as quality as the atmosphere that you're in. And so that's, we pride ourselves on saying clear and loud because we think it's easier to get loud than it is to be clear and loud. So we put a lot of emphasis on that um, because we really do focus on not just clarity at low and mid levels, but really pushing it uh, to the to the full extent. Uh, so moving forward, uh, the thin driver has evolved. Uh, it started off as a TD12. Uh, it won a CES award in 2015, predating myself. And the challenge, though, was the manufacturability of the TD12. Mm -hmm. It was a really great concept, but it was not manufacturable. And so since then, we've added a couple dozen engineers, uh, including Andy, really focusing not just on the acoustics, but the manufacturability. And so now we have figured out how to scale this technology down to a 38 millimeter driver. Uh, we have uh, the 200 millimeter driver that we're going to talk about here today. Uh, but the, the technology scales and, and frankly, as it scales larger, our differentiation only becomes that much greater. Nice. So uh, without further ado, uh, I'm going to hand the, the mic over to Andy and let him deep dive more into to how the technology has advanced and, and where we're at today. All right. All right. Thanks, Jordan. Uh, so the first thing, first and foremost, you can see that our coil, uh, voice coil, if you see from the third uh, piece in there, um, is actually goes around the full perimeter of the diaphragm, which is the second piece in. Uh, and what this actually means, the implication of this is we actually have to flip the spider. So you're no longer, the spider is no longer attached to, um, attached to the, the coil as it normally would be. And then to the top plate, um, it's flipped. So the spider is inside and attached, uh, to the back of the diaphragm and the top of the, the top plate. Mm -hmm. um, we have an array of 16 magnets that make up our, our, our motor, uh, 16 neodymium magnets and 52s. Um, and then we have a top plate that a, a low carbon steel top plate that comes on top of that. Um, the coil itself is a, a single flat wound or not flat wound, edge wound, sorry. Um, so it's, it's the, where the edge, the, the short edge of the coil is against the former instead of the flat edge of the coil against the former. So it's like this. Um, that actually is able to, with that, we're able to pack more uh, windings in the gap, uh, get a higher sensitivity. Um, and yeah, I think we can move on to the next slide here, Jordan. Cool. Yeah. 
One one thing that's really nice about the the the, the big coil um, is it actually keeps our heat super low because we have such a large surface area to to get rid of heat. Um, so especially in uh, these these new uh, ANC applications in cars that are coming out, uh, low frequency at long periods of time at high high power tends to burn out these drivers, the conventional drivers that have a small coil. Um, so the larger coil actually does does have an impact there. Um, and we we have been able to put it through its paces like a full um, 200 watt sweep uh, over and over and over again throughout the night. Uh, we woke up the next morning still fine. So it's it's pretty it's pretty durable. The coils the coils pretty durable. Andy, can you just expand on that for people watching and, and particularly myself? Is it the drivers working harder adding cancellation frequencies rather than just music in an ANC application? So it's it's also sending cancellation frequencies plus the audio. So it's working harder or what's making it right. heat up in a normal driver? I think it's why well, I, I think mainly at the this is just coming from uh, some people that we've talked to within the industry that have, that have kind of said this. Um, I, I, the way I understand it is road noise in particular is very low frequency cancellation. Um, mm -hmm. So you, you have to, you have to combat that with, you know, essentially uh, the inverse phase of that. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, for long periods of time, some of these drivers just can't ha handle it, uh, especially mm -hmm. the low cost drivers with the, the 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 lighter coils it's okay yeah. so it's more about just the the lower frequencies trying to be the cancellation waves trying to be yeah. sent out by larger and it over overworks them okay yeah it's, it's not your uh, chicago house music blasting too much <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's, it's good for that too it's good for that too <laughs> right. so, okay yeah. sorry keep going um okay so uh we can see some tns me metrics on the thing we can keep uh, on, on the screen um the what, one of our main challenges that we have is because we have such a large coil mass is 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 an, is a problem um we just have to find ways find unconventional ways to pull mass out of our moving mass so we can keep our sensitivity high um and we've done that over the years so it, we, we've gotten to the point where our sensitivity is competing with um the rest of the uh the rest of the, of the drivers in the market and in some cases beating them um uh, our maximum excursion is nine millimeters, but we can go up to uh, 14 millimeters total of, of uh, X-MEC. Um, and with subwoofers, they tend to go, uh, a, a, lot of, um, uh, a lot of tuners tend to allow them to go past their, their maximum excursion range, and they can go past their maximum excursion range. It still sound good. Um, so we, 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 want to be able to, we want to be able to allow for that. Um, and uh, this actually equates to, you don't see it on here, but it equates to an efficiency bandwidth product of uh, something, I think it's like 55 or something like that, which, which makes us uh, ideal for both sealed and vented applications. Um, so, which is good. Uh, and yeah, I think we can move on to the next page here, Jordan. Cool, and I just wanna, I just wanna sure. call out uh, one thing. When you, when you say vented, uh, are you referring to just traditional slot port or are you saying that this would work in more complex fourth or sixth or eighth order bandpass designs? Yeah, both. Um, we, we've actually, uh, so we've, 
we've put it in both vented applications and uh, fourth order applications. And with vented applications, we can easily effectively get down to 20 hertz um, in, in a vented application, which is really good. Um, and, and that's a true 20 hertz. That's not like a, that's not like a fake 20 hertz. Um, that's some, <laughs> some systems tend to use DSP tricks in order to make it sound like you're getting a, a, a 20 hertz when you're not actually getting the 20 hertz. Um, but uh, yeah, so we, we, we have done it in a vented application and we have uh, seen uh, desirable results. And then the um, fourth order application, uh, we, we have some really interesting things on the horizon uh, with fourth order, but even, even, even without that, we have tried it and uh, we can get this really massive 50 Hertz peak um, that, that sounds really good in a vehicle. So, uh, we're really happy about that. We're really excited about that. So. Cool. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Andy. Mm -hmm. No problem. Uh, so yeah, this is, so we actually have, uh, we have some testing, uh, capabilities in house, but we do, uh, utilize, uh, Workwin up in Minnesota. Um, I'm sure you guys have, have talked to them. I, I think I've actually listened to the podcast you had with Jason. Yeah. Um, but we sent it up to Jason over at Workwin and, uh, we, we get, we just kind of cross use, use them to cross check and validate the stuff that we have in house. They have a clipple system. We don't have a clipple system. Um, we have essentially everything, but a clipple system, sound check, Clio, you know, all the big ones. Um, and you know, so, so, so we really want to be able to, uh, validate and cross-check what we see here with what with, with what they're seeing so just you know just so we know that we, we can audit our testing capabilities and um also you know know what our driver is best suited for so um one thing that's really nice about our drivers we do have a 28 hertz um a, a 28 hertz free, uh, resonant frequency which actually in a closed box design uh when when designed correctly it's it's uh we can get a resonance up to 50 Hertz. So, and that's what we were kind of shooting for in the beginning was, was a subwoofer application with a uh, 50 Hertz resonance um, with closed, closed box. Uh, and that's just for our uh, particular application, but we, we're not, we're not here to talk too much about that anyways. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I just want to expand as sure. Andy was saying, when, when thinking about subwoofer and thinking about those musical applications, uh, think about those low frequency applications, 50 Hertz naturally, uh, is a, is a really important frequency as we all know. Uh, it's really impactful to music and music design. Um, movies we know get lower than that, but when focused for music, uh, it's it sounds sounds really good uh it's 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 a really natural sound as andy mentioned the the not a requirement of dsp to to be able to get a good sound dsp just is an enhancement as we all know uh if done correctly and so uh just expanding on why there was that focus um you know we are truly really really put music first and, and try to achieve that level through technology, like to achieve, achieve that clear and loud musical sound, uh, through, through that, through that driver. So, all right. Yep. Um, 
Um, and so one other application uh, I briefly wanted to talk about was um, a mid-base application. So Jordan briefly mentioned in, in the beginning of, of the presentation about putting this in the, um, the front stage of your, of your vehicle. Let's say if you, if you have like a car door, you know, how much kind of generally roughly how much airspace um, are you working with in a car door? Um, and, you know, how thin can we actually make that, uh, how, how close can we bring that back wall to the back of the driver before we start seeing uh, weird stuff uh, occur? Mm -hmm. um, so we were able to fit it into a, that's a three, three and a quarter inch thick um, uh, enclosure there. Uh, and it, I think it comes up to about eight liters of internal volume. Uh, there is a brace that goes in between the back wall and the front wall. Uh, to help it. And then we we did line the back wall with a little bit of uh, Dynamat. Um, I'm sure some, some of you might know what, what Dynamat is, um, but, but essentially it's a, it's a, it's a very gummy, gummy sort of dampening substance or a, a sheet that goes on the back. Yeah, um, commonly found see... in, commonly found in cars uh, as you're upgrading your interior car speaker doors, you're going to apply some matting to the metal of the car uh, to reduce the noise of the vehicle, but also uh, keep the energy inside the vehicle. And so Andy here was trying to uh, replicate without using a vehicle because a vehicle mm -hmm. creates a lot of other variables, but mm -hmm. creating an enclosure similar to a door and then testing for the reproduction. Okay. Yeah, and we get a good mid-base response um, from 40 all the way up to, I think, uh, you're cutting off my side. Uh, I think that's 300 to 400, sorry. So fairly decent mid-base response. That, that, was, that was kind of an extra. We were mainly designing this as a, as a subwoofer. Uh, first and foremost, but uh, having having a mid base uh, having a good mid base response is 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 ideal as well, especially for car applications that uh, rely on uh, uh, a mid base driver for uh, down down low in the door. Um, and if we can give them uh, more driver area, I mean a ten inch a ten inch driver in a car door is not necessarily uh, even possible <laughs> nowadays, let alone. Um, <laughs> You know, but now it is. Uh, right. So, uh, yeah, and and we have switched. Uh, one one other thing, it's not pictured here. This is actually with our copper clad coil. But when you switch the coil to aluminum, we do have an improved uh, mid range response. So uh, everything from essentially hundred and above is increased by one or two dB. So, which is good. So, all right, sweet. And yeah, and feel free to go beyond five minutes. We just, I don't know why it's there, frankly, <laughs> to be honest with you. But uh, that's all the that's all the slides we have prepared for y'all uh, today. That's yeah. excellent. So one, one of the key things, I guess, is um, uh, in terms of making a slim speaker. So, uh, how do you deal with the uh, issue of X Max? You mentioned it briefly. Is it inherently limited? Uh, you know, how slim you want to go limits how much X Max you can have. Is that? kind of mechanical limitation yeah yes yes but not as it's not as dramatic as other other driver manufacturers that when it comes to x max differences um we can you know it it, it is you know it, it is essentially a one uh, uh not, not one to one it's it's a uh direct 
relationship between um, how much depth you, you're willing to give up versus how much X max you actually want out of the driver. But um, I mean, it's, it's pretty much, I think it's millimeter per millimeter. It's, mm. it's, you get a millimeter out of the driver. You, you want to add a millimeter of yep. depth. You get a millimeter of X max. It's, it's pretty. Um, but your design is inherently like halving that because you don't stack the spider sure. and yeah. you yeah, delete that gap. That. And then you have to have the depth yeah. within the magnet as well. So you actually, you get the same X max yeah. that a traditional setup would have for half the thickness of that part. Would that be true? Yes, that's about yeah, about true. Yeah, and um, uh, diaphragm. Then do you have to use a, a, a flatter diaphragm? We use yeah, we use a flat diaphragm. Uh, it's a it's a foam sandwich. Uh, so it's there's a back skin and a front skin, and then there's a foam in between. Um, we are in conversations with other suppliers um, to, to it, it, we, we want to take more mass out of the diaphragm just because mm -hmm. we, we, we're not quite happy with the moving mass where it is right now. Um, we wish it was a little bit lower. Um, and so we're in talks with other suppliers uh, to um, bring that down for future models. Um, and, 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 but, but, the foaming process has worked for us um, and, and we've been, we've been doing pretty good with it. The, the rigidness is really, is really nice. It's, it's very rigid and very good. Um, is it fair to say that uh, in lower frequency, low frequency drivers, base, mid base, uh, it's not getting a big cone is not as critical as if you're trying to do a lot more high frequency stuff. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's definitely fair to say. Um, we, Low frequencies are naturally more omnidirectional than, yeah. than high frequencies are. High frequencies don't require as much uh, of, of an effort to, to, to keep them in the proper direction. So, yeah, definitely. And or, or, um, then, uh, so you, you have to go out and find somebody to manufacture these things at the processes. Is that end up quite significantly different to uh, what people are doing with a traditional speaker? So they might have a... You know, got the, you drop in the spider and put in a, a center and gauge yeah. glue and these type of thing. You have to do things upside down or is it? Yeah, how, how so we do everything in-house um, and we've uh, actually, yeah. Uh, the, I, I don't know. Can we bring up the presentation again? I don't know if it's, sure. if it's possible. Right. So you can see these little gaps in the motor here. Um, essentially, we have mm -hmm. like fingers that come up through the motor and help us align and center the coil in the motor. Okay. Okay. Um, and then eventually that those fingers slip out of there and you're able to take the whole thing off or whatever. Um, so I, so it, it's, it's very unconventional. I know, I, I think I've seen how other manufacturers have done it um, and they do it upside down. Like you're talking about with the thin drivers um, where the whole diaphragm assembly is uh, down and then they bring the motor down on top of the, the diaphragm assembly with the coil. And, uh, and that's certainly compelling, but we found that this is that, that this is uh worked for us. Um, yeah. we've, we've been able to be, get, be repeatable. And, and this example you're showing is a 10 inch, uh, effectively a 10 inch speaker. Correct. Yeah. And, um, uh, is there a benefit in having the huge, relatively huge coil? I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to that or um, net benefit? 
So you mentioned about you, you get better heat dissipation. Uh, do you not also get a much larger um, magnetic, uh, like a BL? You've got a huge L. Um, I, it it doesn't really it doesn't really work that way. The concentration, the the, the concentration of 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 wire in the gap is more what increases your BL factor than the actual length of wire okay. radially, right? So you want to take like cross section and see like, okay, the length is actually, um, the length is actually how long this is, right? How, how big, how, how, how much of a, uh, vertical, vertical in, in, in the gap you actually have, right. uh, it's not actually horizontal. So, um, it's actually, it, it stays, the, it stays relatively the same versus a conventional driver, but we do have a lot more magnetic force due to the fact that we have 16, 16 magnets that are uh, 16 and 52s. So the high, <laughs> highest strength magnets that we can use. Mm -hmm. That is a lot. And so um, uh, then the concept, of course, you're going into uh, boxes that are going to be uh, very slim. And I think you mentioned briefly about uh, how you how slim you could go before uh, things start mm -hmm. to go crazy. What, what ends up the limitation there? Do you need just uh, enough space behind the driver to let that pressure escape? Yeah. yeah so we haven't seen uh, too many bad. Really, what happens is the box fails before the actual driver fails because the the back wall itself is has a yeah. little bit of flex in it, no matter what. So um, you got to do right. whatever you can, and that's what I was talking about with the dynamat. Whatever you can to quiet down that back wall and make it sound good. Right, right. Um, but you can't one, 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 uh, one thing is, you know, when, uh, conventional, uh, con conventional drivers, when you go to take TNS parameters, you can set the driver on the table, you can put a mic up to, or a laser up to mic or laser, whatever you use up to it and, and take the measurement and you're done. That's essentially, that's a free air enough system mm. to, you know, take that measurement with ours. You can't necessarily do that. If you set it on the table, that kind of seals off the back. Mm. So you don't have as much surface area that's that's kind of in the free air domain. Yep. Um, so that's that's one uh, that's one difference that we have is 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 there's you can't get right up against the back wall of the enclosure. You need to have a little bit of space um, in order to in order for that airflow to still for that pr pressure to still. Yep. Okay. There, so. They used to say do something like uh, people would hang it by a wire or something to yeah. really get free yeah. air. Yeah, yeah and and, and that's and that's what you really need to do in order to get free air because you're still going to get even with conventional drivers you're still going to get reflections from the table, right? They're coming back and messing up your 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 uh, small signal analysis. So. Yep. And so uh, starting off with the base speaker, is that kind of trying to address the problem of uh, uh, huge subwoofers in a small space? Is that where that's where is a good opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, my my background, so uniquely, I used to compete in DB drag, Mecca, Iaska, and so I I used to have not you know, so familiar with those ginormous ginormous subwoofers, and and so on the competing level, but then also in the pro audio level, uh, the weight and enclosure requirements mm -hmm. is is just huge and so while the trend has been getting shallower they're still heavy and they're still not that shallow and the ones that do get really shallow 
in our experience, don't perform that well or don't perform that low. And so we are really proud that we're not compromising on the output, but really making an improvement to the requirements of enclosure space and weight. Mm. And then, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so you're one of those guys, like, what was it? DJ Magic Mike from uh, Miami and his 16 hertz bass rap CDs. You'd be using those to to trial out your stereo system in your car. It was obnoxious. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I learned way more than I ever could have imagined. Uh, But um, it definitely gets you in trouble. That's for sure. A lot of of extra epoxy just to stop everything from vibrating out of its uh if pot, it's so my my enclosure was built with 3200 pounds of concrete wow <laughs> we cut the we cut the roof off the vehicle poured it in uh and uh yeah i was doing mid 160s on the term lab sealed at the dash so it was, i did not sit in the vehicle dbspl yeah 163 dbspl yeah, no, that's, uh, so, that's instant hearing damage. I was <laughs> by, not in the vehicle. By a, by by a head long unit, shot. By a long shot. My head unit was on the <laughs> external of the car. But those are the extreme cases, right? And there are still the the hobbyists out there, and I love that world. Now I've kind of moved into the sound quality competitive side of the world and, and appreciate that, uh, that side as well. But when looking at the OEM application, when looking at the, the true music lovers, uh, just the music hobbyists, the weekend warriors, and, and everyone in between, uh, music's a big part of your life. Um, and, and so how can we improve that daily commute? How could a manufacturer or others think about that infotainment or, or that experience in car? And, and we think there's a, a lot of opportunity to, to reposition uh, that experience leveraging this technology. It, it really just depends on what your output desires are. Is it space and weight? and 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 trying to improve the sound minimally or is it you're trying to immersify the user and you have a little bit of weight to give up or or you know you have the power to drive the system you know you, just thinking about that ball of yarn and the variables that you have to pull mm-hmm. it's really just dependent on on what your use cases are there's no right or wrong mm. all right uh just yeah, we're, we're, quickly, we're hoping uh, go ahead sorry andy yeah, we're, we're just hoping that this opens up a new opportunity for a whole bunch of people, um, honestly. Uh, thin driver technology, we, we know that it can fit into a bunch of different spaces that it couldn't before. So having that is impressive. Yeah. Uh, just uh, uh, earlier in the presentation, you mentioned about scaling, and I think you mentioned 40 millimeter drivers. Curious a uh, little bit about that. Happened to be playing with 40 millimeter drivers just recently. And, for uh, sure. Yeah, it's a it's a great question. On uh, so we do have one product that's in market today. Uh, if you went to our website trulyaudio.com, and I don't mean to make this a plug, uh, there's a product. There's one product that we sell today, and it's called the Jam Five, and it has two 38 millimeter uh, square drivers. So it's actually a square perimeter coil. Uh, there's a tweeter in there, two passive radiators, all all inside two inches. Um, it, it's, uh, 
triumphed. It's it's really impressive. I I'm it'll take the Coke Pepsi challenge against any Bluetooth speaker in its price or size class. Uh, I I do mean that, and I I I encourage others to do that. And so. Andy could talk a little bit more about the driver itself, but that's the application that that was originally put into uh, mm-hmm. today, and mm-hmm. it's it's an it's an incredibly uh, good sounding package uh, for being so small. Yeah, exactly. That's a uh, Bluetooth speaker application, and you might actually have a reasonable internal volume, but you don't necessarily specifically have depth where you want it. Uh, so correct, yeah, correct. an application, you might have a board, uh, your boards covering right up behind the driver. And, uh, right. So there actually, there's actually, individual. there's actually a bit of volume there, but you just can't have space for the magnet to stick out the back. So mm-hmm. the enclosures are individual for the driver. So the drivers and passives are in their own individually sealed enclosures, which is also different than a Bluetooth speaker. Traditionally, mm-hmm. the boards are inside the battery chamber that's shared with the tweeter only. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the product mm-hmm. is a Bluetooth speaker, but also a USB-C digital speaker. So if you plug it into your computer, it will be recognized as a USB-C device. And so then you'll take advantage of the higher fidelity transmission. And then the speaker really comes to life and even gets louder. So, uh, definitely recommend that use case for the content creators or music producers that are on the go or, Maybe your speakers are only fair today and you're looking for something a little bit better on a smaller footprint. Mm-hmm. All right. And your, your plan going forward, is there a, a time where you, you're going to scale manufacturing outside of, uh, like, are you looking to work with somebody like Workwin slash Misco or you're going to go offshore or any kind of plans to to expand your manufacturing base? So today... Right now, we're in just around 10,000 square feet, so we are not large enough to be able to uh, scale and mass produce, Mm -hmm. Uh, but the engineers that truly all come from Fortune 500 backgrounds, uh, specifically in high-end test and and scaling. And so when thinking about how we move this into higher productions, as the needs become reality, mm-hmm. uh, we are definitely preparing ourselves uh, for for that transition. Uh, so as that need becomes a reality, I know uh, Kurt says hi. Uh, okay. And so our, our head of supply and, and operations, he's, you know, that's a big part of his avenue. And I, I wouldn't want to speak on his behalf, but I know that we're we're in preparation for the high demand. Okay. No, it sounds exciting. Um, I know this, I mean, uh, I think Simon and I both, I mean, uh, 2010, I was working for the British guys, NXT, trying to do flat speakers and thin profile. And Simon was somewhere else in the world selling uh, slab sound or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's everybody's been working on this space. Nobody's really conquered it. So uh, it's exciting to see uh, somebody taking another shot at it because it's always got demand. We've got time for one more question. Sure. Uh, you mentioned um, uh, flipping the speaker around for to take advantage of the visual effect. Do you mean that you'll get the uh, same radiation front and back? So we've tested it, uh, and I just want to speak real quick, Andy. So in a, in a SPL yeah, environment or more of a low-end subwoofer application, less musically requirement, less okay. musical requirements, um, 
I found a really good use for it. Uh, yeah. When testing uh, for that aesthetic side, uh, on a technical side, I want to let Andy answer, but but on a aesthetic, just low end frequency response, we do, we me and my old team, uh, we had some fun with that and actually had some really surprising results. So um, yeah. look forward to, to doing more with others and trying to to explore that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, low, low frequencies, um, like I was talking about the omnidirectionality of it, um, low frequencies, it doesn't matter nearly as much if you flip it around. You want, if you, the, the, the main reason you'd want to flip it around is if you want that more industrial look or if you're, uh, if um, your enclosure calls for it, that's, that's, that's how you would do it. Um, but, uh, but really, I would, I would mainly stick, to uh, low or su sub base use cases for that, uh, it wouldn't be necessarily ideal for 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 a mid base application, just because the the directivity is not the same. It's yeah, because sure. yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, it sounds like we got it covered. So uh, Jordan, Andy, thanks for joining us, and uh, mm -hmm. we encourage everybody. We'll put the links to their website below, and when, uh, we'll. Also, like, subscribe, share, everybody do all that good stuff uh, for YouTube, Spotify, wherever you're watching this or listening. So thanks, everybody, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you both. All right. Take care, guys.